My name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach, and I'm your host. Today's episode is about bringing artificial intelligence and virtual assistants to the conference room. One of the most recent examples of this is Polly's partnership with Alexa for Business and Zoom, which brings Amazon's enterprise-focused virtual assistant to Polly's Zoom Room Solutions. To talk about this is Bo Wilder, Polly's Vice President and General Manager of Video Collaboration. According to Bo, we are just starting to scratch the surface of what these intelligent assistants can do in the office. Before we get to the interview, here's a quick reminder to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to hear weekly interviews with IT experts that can help give you the knowledge and skills you need to make the right decisions for your organization. And now, here's Bo. Um, so, Bo, so um, Alexa for Zoom Rooms um, integrated in Poly Devices, that was developed as kind of a back-to-the-office solution? Yeah, exactly. So we've seen uh, in all of our customer research and talking with our partners, you know, all of us are trying to handicap what the new normal is going to look like when we try and repopulate the office. Um, what we see is a, is a big play towards, you know, medium and large rooms as we try and meet meet safely together and still spatial distance in the early days. Um, and with that mindset of, you know, health and safety first, um, we see the voice-driven experiences as the killer app, right? Um, in the past, it's been, hey, you know, give me a simple touchscreen with a Fisher-Price green button that just says start my meeting. And that's what kind of the industry and Polly delivered. Um, but now no one wants to touch anything. And so that mm. same Fisher-Price experience, but with our voice is really what we're after. So there's that much of a demand for things that will eliminate, um, you know, touching things. I mean, even even now, as as the looks like the pandemic is winding down, you know, knock on knock yeah. on wood, um, and you know, vac- vac- vaccines are are being rolled out at a, at a decent pace. There's still a lot of concern for that in the conference room. Yeah, we, we hear it a lot, actually. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's certainly winding down in the U.S., but it's not necessarily winding down everywhere, right? India is about, to, you know, I guess they're going right. into, you know, full lockdown now. Uh, parts of Europe are kind of opening up and some are shutting down, et cetera. So we certainly see this as the front of mind for customers. Um, and everyone's kind of handicapping, will there be, you know, variants in the future that the vaccines don't work for? And I no one wants to be caught flat-footed. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think, you know, it, the other benefit is, you know, the voice driven experience, if we do it right together as an industry is is even more natural than pushing a button, right? I mean, it's what we learned to do as children, how to engage with each other. And now it seems like a natural extension to engage with our machines that way, as long as it's done in a, in a very user friendly way. Mm-hmm. What was there, was there any demand for, you know, Alexa or, or Google or uh, maybe even Cortana or whatever? Um, you know, you know, in the in the conference room, you know, before COVID, because I mean, we all have these. I mean, I don't personally, but a lot of my friends have these in their homes, and that's all they ever use. So right. it makes sense that they'd want to, you know, bring some of some of that very convenient technology to the to the office. I, I think you're onto that. Um, so 
I think there's a certain level of experience we've, you know, have in our homes that in some cases is actually even better and, and more comfortable than what we get in the office. So bringing that consistency of experience into different size rooms, whether it's medium room, uh, small room or large room, being able to have that same consistent user experiences as you have in your home, to your point, right? Uh, if I just, you know, start to say Cortana, start my meeting or Alexa, start my meeting in this case, why wouldn't I expect to have that same experience while on campus? It, it seems to be the intuitive way we would want to bring that continuity of experience together. Um, so it, I think it clearly has, has, a, has a place in, um, in a conference room in just the enterprise, when, uh, even when COVID is no longer a consideration. Um, but, you know, how does Poly see that playing out? Um, and you know, what kind of use cases beyond just controlling a meeting are you guys exploring? So the, the sky's really the limit on this one. I think the, you know, start my meeting room without touching something is probably the, the killer app to get the voice driven experience adopted. Um, but, you know, the, like I said, the ceiling's a limit. I mean, you could say for guests who walk in, hey, Alexa, share with me the guest Wi-Fi password, right? Which is mm -hmm. often a pain in the ass to get, right? It yes. usually takes 10, 15 minutes if you're lucky and sometimes you don't get it at all. And Alexa should be able to tell you that on the spot. Um, uh, Alexa, you know, close the blinds if the, if the lighting isn't optimal. Um, Alexa, book me a conference room, right? So it may not even be about starting a meeting room, but scheduling me a meeting room. Um, I think all of those friction points that you either are out of flow of your normal work process, we have to open up a separate application. It takes you five or 10 minutes to do each one of these with your voice, if you could just do it. And if, you know, five minutes becomes five seconds, uh, that's real value to a customer given it's happening multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. um, so why Alexa, it, are, are there benefits there um, you know, versus, uh, versus other AI assistants? So I think Alexa is probably one of the most evolved ones, right? And certainly on the consumer side, like you noted in the home. And, you know, if you've been to CES, when we actually went to CES uh, pre-pandemic, Alexa was clearly the thing that was being embedded everywhere. Um, mm. So I think it has a, a very uh, tangible uh benefit here and, and a real development community behind it. So all of those, you know, customizable skills that you could either pull into your system already or create your own skill. I think that developer uh, network behind it is very easy to use, but I, I don't think it ends with Alexa by any means to your point. I mean, it's Siri, it's Cortana, it's, you know, home, homegrown stuff in the future. Um, I think this is probably the beginning of a tipping point where voice becomes a, a primary user experience. Um, so I think when um, I've had this conversation with, with a few other AI experts, and I think when, when we talk about um, Alexa and Amazon, um, security implications come to mind. Um, so how can users be, especially in a, in a you know, sensitive environment, like say um, you know, government agencies or a defense contractor, how can they be sure that um, you know, their conversations aren't being heard by anyone else? I think that's something we're going to have to solve as an industry. Um, and, and if I'm honest, I would say the security paranoid ones are probably going to be the laggards of this technology, right? Um, but just like anything, a, a, you know, seamless user experience tends to win the end of the day. Um, and as an industry, we have to make sure that, you know, your, your private conversations stay private. And Alexa only wakes up when she hears her name and doesn't, you know, listen to the whole conversation, uh, much less, you know, send that to the cloud to be processed right, and, and potentially stored. So I, I, think we're, I think we're there as an industry, but I do think the security paranoid customers will be laggards. Mm. Um, 
So in the conference room, um, now I, I guess you mentioned, um, you know, being able to, to close the blinds or, or you know, give the, the guest Wi-Fi password. Um, you know, what, what other kind of use cases might, might be coming down the pike? You know, what, uh, what, what, have, what have you guys seen or what are your customers asking for? Well, I think it's anything that can handle during the normal workflow, right? So I'm going to make something up, but it's totally feasible, right? If, if we solve the security problem uh, well and we actually have, and by the way, partly the way you do that is having the AI run at the edge and not in the cloud. Right. So if if like, for instance, RX30 or X50, you know, embeds an AI agent in the future and only runs at the edge, never goes to the cloud, then, you know, you can rest assured you can listen to the conversation, but you're not exposed to anything else, you know, getting uh, beyond the firewall that you want to be there. So when we get there, then it's, you know, maybe the system is listening to the entire conversation. And at the end, you say, hey, Alexa, uh, send out all the action items that were discussed in the meeting. Right. So now you don't have to have somebody taking furious notes. Uh, hey, Alexa, uh, you know, remind us or, or tag the last 10 seconds uh, of this uh, important topic. Right. And, and make sure that it pulls the right, um, you know, metadata so you can easily search on it. I think it's that type of stuff that, um, you know, right now there's a lot of friction. It's, it's not elegant to do it in the same motion. There's a lot of after meeting, pre meeting prep that I think with an intelligent edge device, you can actually make a lot more seamless and just a natural part of the meeting. Um, so I know uh, Microsoft um, was trying to make Cortana, you know, kind of part of the, the team's experience and just the, you know, uh, oh, it's 365 experience. Are you, right. um, you know, wor working with, with them on, on any uh, uh, applications with the Cortana? Yeah, 100%. Um, so very, very close partnership with Microsoft um, and Zoom for that matter. Um, key, key partners for us. And, and you're right. I mean, they're starting to explore use cases, you know, sometimes by themselves, sometimes co-created with us that, again, they're trying to make sure that it fits the current workflow that you're in. Um, and so, you know, the, the Teams button probably does something different when there's an active call being placed versus when it's sitting idle and you push it and now it wants to take a command. So I think we're, we're together exploring what those use cases are, but you'll see more and more Cortana-driven experiences out of Poly and Microsoft going forward. Mm. Great, yeah, really answered all the specific questions I had. Um, now, I guess, how, how excited are you guys about you know, the, the, the possibilities here? Um, you know, beyond just, uh, you know, like we said, just starting a meeting. Um, yeah, I think, I, again, I think the starting the meeting is the, is the tipping point, right? It's that killer use case, if you will, that gets the adoption. Whereas before it was, you know, I have a green button I could push and that's yeah. easy enough. Now, now that you take away that green button or no one wants to push it. Um, then I think it just, it literally is that, you know, uh, gateway drug, if you will, right? If you can have that good experience with getting your meeting started, well, what else can this, you know, AI-driven audio experience do for me, um, or voice-driven experience? And, and then at that point, really, it is the sky's the limit. I mean, there's going to be stuff in the can, but I think once people see that it, there's value in it and the friction is literally removed, then the custom skills start to come to play. Um, and, you know, I mean, we ideated a couple on this call. I, I really don't think there's a limit on what the options are uh, when it's when it's customized. Right. Great. Um, yeah, Bo, I think that answered all the questions I had. Um, you know, unless there's anything else that you, that you think I'm, I'm missing here. Um, no, I, I think the only other point would be, you know, 
we we see this a real way to drive a consistent user experience, you know, across all modalities. So, mm-hmm. you know, it oftentimes, you know, and and you know, we're guilty of this in our own campus. Uh, a, a huddle room looked and felt different than a medium room versus a large room. There's different technology, yeah. different tools, different screens, um, and then of course you got your home office now, and that has a different set of tools. There's a learning curve to all of that, and so if you can just you know normalize it via voice-driven commands, I mean that's a huge win from you know ease of use, friction-free communication. So you and I can just try and do our jobs versus try and be junior IT people. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just think it's got tons of potential. Right, 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 and and that is something that I've looked at too. Is that uh, how complicated some of these conferencing systems are to use, and yeah. um, and this I mean people are familiar with Alexa and uh, it would definitely make it a lot, a lot easier for them. Yeah. Agreed. Great. Very good. Um, all right, Bo, thanks very much. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at mytechdecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWComo. Until next time.